0: Uh, We've been going through our our little series here talking about our theme, being genuine youth ministries, and this kind of motto, real life, real people, and a real God, and kind of what that means for us. We started with real people, that that even though we are fallen now, that we were once, or that we are created in the image of God, we are created in His likeness, we are created to represent and to reflect who God is to the world and to everybody, and we were created in that way, in a unique and intentional way. To create order and beauty in this world. Um, and Jesus is the one who redeems us, allows us to be restored into that identity, to be restored into that purpose. And that's what it means to be a real people. And then we talked about real life. Real life that comes from God. That God is the giver of life and he allows us to have real life. That even though we're in, we're in a fallen world, that all true life comes from God. And that real life takes part is part of, of being in just community. It's being in relationship with God, with others, and with our our creation, with the world. It's being in right relationship, right community with all those relationships. And and, and we have that responsibility and that ability to take care of and to grow those relationships um, with God, others, and creation. And again, Jesus allows for the restoration of all of our relationships. If you have a messed up family or a messed up friendship or a messed up dating relationship, or your relationship with God isn't so good, or you're just kind of a jerk to the world and you went go burn down forests and stuff, Jesus can restore that relationship that you have um, to be real with God and real with others again, to be genuine. And so that's kind of what we've been talking about. So we're going to continue this idea. We're going to wrap it up tonight with real people, real life, and a real God, a real God. So grab a Bible. You're going to need it because I have a challenge for you in a second. But here's kind of the question that we're exploring today, looking at Genesis 1 and 2, the two chapters that we've already explored, we're going to go back and kind of ask the question, who is our real God? What is, what is our real God like, according to these two chapters, according to these two chapters? So grab a Bible, if you have a snack, you can open it, it's okay, but you better grab a Bible, because I need y'all, we're going to split into two teams here. You're going uh, to look at Genesis 1, you're going to look at Genesis 1 and and say, what does it say about who our real God is, okay? So together, y'all kind of group up in your little groups there, your two your two teams over here, and y'all look together and see, you have to, you don't get choice, otherwise i take all your snacks away. <laughs> um, no, but looking at Genesis 1, Genesis 1, what does it tell you about who our God is? Ready, set, go. If you have questions, let me know. All right, <laughs> all right. Here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna help y'all out. So, looking at Genesis one, what does it say about who our real God is? I'll give you a, a, a quick answer just to help stir your minds, but you can't repeat this answer. That God is the creator of the universe. All right, all right. So that's one thing we know about our God. What else? The Trinity. that. that there's an us. There is a, a a triune God. A single confusing three-part person god yeah that's that's good what else Um, that god is before all of us us. he's he's from the beginning Um, all All power his 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 all-powerful sovereign word just boom created created that's really good that's really good i want to i want to look at a couple other things you know, starting with the, in the beginning, God, God created, you know, kind of what I just say it, said, that God is the creator, he's the creator of the universe, that he created everything, and that's something that y'all said as well, that, that it, he, he's before all time, there is no beginning for God, and that's important, that nothing created God, he just always was, always is, and forever will be, and, and something Kate hit on is important too, it, it, when we say God, it can, it It includes all of who God is. That is the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. A very confusing concept, but all of who God is in three unique persons and three unique um, expressions, in a sense. But uh, so, so we have in the beginning, God created without beginning or end. We have this triune Creator, this originator, the source of life. We kind of talked about that last week. That God is the source of life. So in the beginning, God created, and then it said. In verse 2, now the earth was formless and empty. And so what did God do in response to that? He gave it life. He gave it form. In fact, if you look at these three verses, in verse 3 he said, let there be light. He gave it some light, and there was light. In verse 6 it said, let there be an expanse between the waters, and he called the expanse sky. He gave it sky, and then it says, let the water under the sky be gathered in one place and let dry land appear he gave the world form he gave it order he took chaos and he undid the chaos and created order so god in the first three days you know the earth was formless and empty well he formed it and then it says uh that it was also empty so what did he do he filled it you look at next three sections Verse 14, 20, 20, uh, 24, and verse 26. Then God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sun, the moon, the stars, everything. Let there be lights. You know, he filled the sky with lights. Then he said, let the water swarm with living creatures. And the next verse, let the earth produce living creatures. So you have animals and birds and sea creatures and all sorts of things filling the earth. And then he created mankind. You know, he created. He filled the earth with with beauty. So not only did he form it, but he filled it. This creator took uh, time and, and, and his intentionality and, and 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 purpose in everything that he did, and the way he formed it, the way he filled it. Um, and it's great. So he is he is the the creator, the source of all life, the giver of order, the giver of beauty. All these things. What what you got, Genesis? Yep. Let us yep. 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 So yep. Well, it's it's wrong. <laughs> um, it's wrong. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. That's great. It, it says, "Let us make man in our image." I think Cade hit on this this week, and I think he hit on it before. He asked a question uh, a couple weeks ago um, about this. Um, you know, God, all of who God is—Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He created mankind in the image of all of who God is, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we are to represent and to reflect all of who God is in the world. So that I like um, yeah. Yeah. All of who God is, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, has always been around. yeah exactly you know part of Genesis one, we skipped a bunch of verses, but when God created the world, he intended on, on being with us in this world that this world was going to be his dwelling place as well that Eden is kind of a piece of heaven God is you know heaven in a sense is, is, is simply where God is at, and God was with people Adam and Eve, in the garden. it says that he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve. Um, I think it's so cool that God created the world so that he not only could have a relationship, that we would exist, but that he could live with us. Um, And we'll see a little bit more about that in a minute. um, But, yeah, that's really, really good. So this is the creator that took chaos and brought, you know, and turned it into the cosmos, order, all the world, all the universe, all created things. He took the formless and formed it. He took the empty and he filled it all from nothing but his voice. Y'all kind of hit on that earlier. That God's powerful word, his word, brings everything just by his voice. This is the God, the transcendent creator, the eternal one who reigns above all, who saw all that he had made and said that it was good. The God who brings goodness. And so where does Jesus into all this i want to look at another scripture john john one through 1-4 it says in the beginning was the word so we have another in the beginning statement except this time it's instead of in the beginning god created in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god before i go any further who is the word god more specifically this is in the gospels who are the gospels about jesus in the beginning jesus that Jesus is that word of God. What did, God, what, what did he, God speak with? What did he use out of his mouth? Words. He spoke. He used the word Jesus to create all things. That Jesus is also and completely and fully the source and originator of all life. That's just a really interesting thought, that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through Him, the Word, Jesus. And apart from Him, not one thing was created that has been created. In Him was the life, and that life was the light of men. So again, Jesus also reigns as this transcendent, this far above, this sovereign, amazing Creator, the ultimate example of life and light who brings goodness to us, order and beauty to the world. So that's kind of where Jesus fits in so far. So here we go again. You got your two teams. Except I'm going to help you all out. We have uh oh here our real God is the transcendent creator and he and 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 it's fully manifested, fully realized, exemplified through Jesus. Um now we're in Genesis chapter 2. Okay? Genesis chapter 2, it says, These are the records of the heavens and the earth concerning their creation at the time that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Somebody open up to Genesis 1. Who still has it? What, what does verse 1 say? Somebody read verse 1. Okay. It says, In the beginning God created. What's different here? Lord. Lord. Anybody know what Lord, capital L-O-R-D, stands for? L-O-R-D. Yeah, there you go. God, Lord, anybody else more specifically? What? Loving? Loving? (laughs) No, not an acronym, not an acronym. (laughs) Um, No, whenever you see capital L-O-R-D, anybody remember uh, the story with Moses, the burning bush? What did God say to Moses that was different than ever before? I am who I am. And you see a little bit like a, a verse later, it says, Lord, for the first time in that book and for the first time in Exodus, For the first time ever, you see God talking to his creation, to people. He reveals his name as Lord. and Another, the Hebrew way of saying it is Yahweh. He revealed his name, Yahweh. I am who I am, and my name is Yahweh. Here's something really interesting that chapter 2 is already stating, already saying is a little bit different. This God isn't just big, but he has a name, and he has given us his name. Now we could talk about his name. We'll do it another time a whole lot more. But it's really interesting that the Lord God, not just master, not just king, not just Lord, but no Yahweh God made the earth and the heavens, that there's something different here, that God is revealing his name in this chapter to us. And so um, I think that's really good. But we have four pictures, four portraits, four uh, paintings, in a sense, of who God is in this chapter. And I want to see if y'all can find them. So I'm going to give you the two, two verses to start with. Y'all look at verse 2-7 and y'all look at 2-8. What picture, what profession, what symbol, what is being portrayed about who God is in Genesis 2-7 and in Genesis 2-8? And y'all can talk amongst yourselves if y'all want, um, but if whenever y'all have it over here or over here, let me know. We're going to start with 2-7 though, so this side. I'll give you a hint. It's, it's all about the verbs here. These verbs point to something of who God is. This first picture that we get of God, two, it says that he formed, that he formed from the clay, he formed from the dirt, he created Adam. He created man. And so we have this picture of God the potter. All right, over here, verse, two, verse 8, what do you all got? What's the verb? He planted. He planted. So what does that make God? a gardener there you go so we have two pictures of who god is already god the s- sculptor god the potter and god the gardener they had the easier one that time <laughs> and so uh, i'll give them the harder one this next round but <laughs> so what do these two pictures communicate about who our god is that he is willing to get muddy huh he's creative He's willing to create, he's willing to form, he's willing to get money with us and for us. Um, All for his creation, all for for his people. All right, let's look at the next two. Um, A God willing to get money. Uh, Again, y'all are going to be 21 and y'all are going to be 22. So there's that, um, the sleep part, and the, the closing part. What do you picture... A doctor, more specifically, a surgeon. There you go. That's really good. That's really good. All right, y'all got it over here? No? All right, what, what do you got here? It says the Lord God made what? No, 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 what does it say? Verse 22. What is it made made the rib into something? A woman. Okay. So so who is somebody that makes something into something else? Yeah. A recycler. A recycler? <laughs> <laughs> who Let me just let me give you the cheat answer. What was Jesus? What was his job? A, A carpenter. There you go. All right. so we have two more pictures here. We have we have the picture of God made the the reason the reason that's associated with carpenters so often is the word made so you have two interesting words in these two chapters hold on you have god created and this is a verb this hebrew word is the the created verb is only used with god because he didn't make the world from something else no he created it out of nothing a very specific word for that here it's made which is a word that's associated with carpenters that they use something else to make something and so that's kind of where they get that at um, what you got why you healer so so he heals it but what else did he do he he went in what? and then he had to close it up so that's why I surgeon because <laughs> surgeons do that so so what do these two images portray about who our god is He takes care of us. He's crafty. He's willing to get bloody. Is another picture here. So you have two that are associated with dirt, with mud, that God is willing to get dirty for us. And then you got two that are associated with, with bone, with blood, with with making something new, that God is willing to get muddy and bloody in order to, man, create, in order to fill our lives, in order to bring order, in order to, man, give us life. And so, again, our God is willing to, get muddy and bloody for us so genesis 2 gives us some new pictures the pictures of a of a god willing to do whatever it takes for his creation for all of us all people for humanity a picture that god is intimate that he is personal that god wants to just man be with us and that's important so in chapter one here you have a picture that god is above everything and we need to worship him as such and then in Genesis 2, you have another picture that God, even though he's above everything and he deserves to be, man, bowed in front of all the time, that you know, all worshiped for and everything, he, he wants to be real with us, personal with us, intimate with us. So we have these two incredible pictures. You know, he creates humanity. He created everything else, but then he has this very personal story about just being with his people creating with his people a very zoomed in picture a sensual a storyline about him and humanity that he valued us more than everything else and he's willing to get muddy and bloody for us that he's willing to get involved in this world and in our lives no matter the mess and so where does jesus fit into this i want to go back to john one again it says that the word became flesh let's focus let's focus the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus got muddy and bloody. He was born in a manger, and he was born as a baby. Very messy things. A manger is a thing that pigs eat out of pretty much, that animals eat out of. It's a trough, yeah. And then a baby, I can tell you right now, after having one or being part of bringing one into the world, whatever, I don't know, that it's a mess. It's enough. She spit up. She pooped on Stormy today. You know, it's great. It's <laughs> great. Jesus was willing to take on a messy life, a bloody life for us. And it says that, that we observed his glory, the glory as the one and the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth, that even though Jesus lowered himself, that Jesus came and became part of us, he still maintained all who God is in him that Jesus is that transcendent God, he's also this personal God that wants to be part of our lives. I want to look at this passage real quick too, Philippians 2. This just says it all. Jesus, who existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be exploited, to be grasped. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross very muddy and bloody there. For this reason God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every other name so that the name of Jesus at the name of Jesus every knee will bow in heaven on earth and under the earth and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See we've been talking about Genesis 1 and 1 and Genesis 2, and what does this all mean and how Jesus is, is in it, that he is in chapter one and chapter two all over the place, even though it doesn't say his name outright. because Jesus had to restore it. You know we can be real people, live a real life, but after chapter three that all kind of fell apart. And the only way back to that identity, to that purpose, to true abundant life is through Jesus. And what's really cool is God never changed. Even after chapter 3, God was still this transcendent king, and he was still this intimate, personal man, here's my name kind of God, this Lord and Savior. Nothing changed about God. And so Jesus came that we might know God in that way, that we might know God in a personal way a god who never changes a god that is above all yet he is willing to step down from heaven and get muddy and bloody with us to get muddy and bloody for us to just be real with you and so that you can know that you and i have a real god our real god is the transcendent creator again manifest and exemplified through jesus and the intimate Lord who is willing to get muddy and bloody, God with us, Emmanuel, Jesus. And so the big thing here is is again, we're these real people. Even though things kind of got messed up after chapter three of Genesis, that we have real we're living real life again. Even though it's a little harder now after chapter three in Genesis, but what didn't change is that we have a real God who we can be real with. That's what this ministry is all about. That's what this Jesus Every Day thing is all about. That's what this Get Hungry Challenge is all about. Is so that you can get real with God because he wants to be real with you. And he can restore all the things that have fallen apart in our lives, our world. And he can just bring his goodness into it. You have a real God you can be real with. And that kind of wraps up our motto our our theme there real people real life and a real god that's what we're all about here at Gen- genuine youth ministries that's what we should be all about and so again i challenge you to join this challenge this journey with me of, of, of getting hungry for the word of god again start with genesis let's read through genesis and then once you do let me know i'll let you spin um, you can spend sunday you can spend next wednesday after that just on Sundays and then my goal is to encourage you and to help you remember your hunger for the word through silly little hunger things items snacks candies all that and then we're going to keep going together Um, just so we can keep track over there on the wall we got our chart up once you finish Genesis we'll add your name on there and then you can kind of keep track of what you've read um, again, just something to encourage you, to challenge you, to keep reading, to keep going um, in your hunger with the Lord. And here's an app that I love to use. I use it a lot when reading the Bible. It helps me just read and, and, and mostly understand what I'm reading. Um, it's the Read Scripture app. I love it, so I encourage you in that.